Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning. Happy Memorial Day. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, We were talking this morning when we were over coffee about the meaning of Memorial Day and that it kind of gets confused sometimes with Veterans Day. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's basically where we're we're honoring those that have died in the act of service to our sure. country. Um, all branches of the service and, of course, uh, most of those volunteers. So uh, we just it's an opportunity to observe those patriots and, and the families who yeah. sacrificed. And I think that those of us that have family or um, close friends that have served, they understand what kind of sacrifice that these people are willing to give sure. um, to to be part of uh, be part of our armed forces. So, I mean, I know personally, I I have a son that <clears throat> served in Afghanistan, and um, my dad and my grandfather and you know the murmur 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 yeah. that were that were part of the military and and so just really really grateful for the service of those that have served and especially on memorial day for those sure. that died in service and my um all six of my uncles plus my dad served all of which came home from their active duty yeah. you know so uh, so i'm fortunate in that way and so veterans day is i'll i'll certainly honor them and but we we honor all veterans today of course but but to, today we just memorialize those who gave their lives absolutely absolutely so um so our hearts go out to those of you that have 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 lost family members or um, close friends that way um well, today is a Monday, and so a start of a new week. And and Jim and I spent a lot of time this weekend um, thinking about the course of the um, Buy Here, Pay Here Morning Show, and some of the things that we wanted to to uh, to create and make more um, like scheduled standard kind of things that we're going to be talking about and topics and and that. And so. Uh, we will be uh, having a little bit more of on Mondays, it will be this, and on Wednesdays, it will be this, and on Fridays, it will be more of this. I mean, not totally, but we'll still talk about the the uh, the news of the day, the things that are, that are important, um, and then also have a theme for something that we're going to be talking about in like an opportunity to, to do a little teaching, a little bit of um, giving of a nugget or something. So um, we see that we've got a bunch of people that are online. And so if you want to do a shout out and say hello, don't forget that we can't see your name um, on our end unless you go in and give access to StreamYard to be able to just show your name. So um we just uh, want to welcome everybody. Or just here. throw your name in the comments just there. Let us know who comments. you are and what state you're yeah. you're in. And uh, most everybody is. Um, I'd be interested to know too. You throw your comments in there. Whether you're open for business, if you're, um, yeah. you know, white hair payer dealer, are you open for business? And if you're money? not, and you're still listening, <clears throat> thank you. Right, right. <laughs> so we obviously uh, sometimes have a, a limited audience when we're live, and that's to be expected, especially mm-hmm. across time zones. And, uh, and then, of course, more people get in there and view the archived recordings. Yeah. And so this will be important. I think what Michelle and I feel like we can do, uh, we think as you tune in, you're going to find that we're um, consistently going to speak on behalf of dealers. You know, we've, we've throughout my career, 
I have, um, you know, had relationships with vendors and other parties in the industry, but I very consistently have been on the side of uh, dealers, um, former dealer. And, you know, obviously we're always looking out for the interest of our dealer clients. But beyond that, we have a real strong interest in the larger industry success of both the dealer and the customer. So that's that's going to be a theme that I think you can expect to Absolutely. hear uh, here. And uh, by the way, on uh, Wednesday, we expect to uh, kind of been keeping with uh, some of the themes of, you know, if you think about a wisdom Wednesday, we're going to we're going to go to White Hat Wednesday. So you're going to hear us start to yeah. talk about. Thank you, Tommy, for that suggestion. It's like, right. Why didn't we think of that? <laughs> That's right. So we're going to do White Hat Wednesday. And so Wednesdays will kind of have a theme of uh, principles and ethics mm -hmm. and ways for us to have more success with the customer and help the customer yeah. be so more successful, obviously, which means more success for us as dealers. Yeah. And if you want to um, understand what it is, what we mean by the White Hat way, uh, if you get on to uh, bhphinstitute.com, which is um, what we've put up what we've created for like an online online learning platform. There's a tab in there that's called White Hat Way, and so we we um, invite you to take a look at that, so you sure. kind of have an idea about some of the things that what it is that makes it a White Hat Way. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, those of you that know us and have have been seeing some of the things that we've been doing, will see that we we do uh, uh, an indicator. And a lot of things, right. whether or not this is a white hat way, which means that it's more, it's heavier on the ethics side mm -hmm. than the fundamentals side. So and that reminds me, I should share the article that I uh, was just published in the May issue for Texas Independent Dealer. I forget what they call the publication, but it's TIADA's um, publication yeah. to their members. And it's out there online. Mm -hmm. I can share the article, but I wrote an article. It's kind of a fun little you know, imaginary tale about me intersecting or, you know, bumping into oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. the CFPB. And so that, that's kind of got a tie in with the white hat way and, you know, kind of the uh, dealers who are out there doing business in a principled way, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of what that article is about. So let's just try to remember to share that article yeah. in conjunction with this broadcast when it goes out. And uh, so that'll be something else you can tie in. But yeah, I look forward to that on Wednesdays. Uh, today, we want to circle back and talk about the recent polls. And we can start with the one. Survey says. Yeah. 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 So this will be a, a kind of a fun way to take these polls that uh, many of you know that I'm out there doing consistently in the BHPH Success Group. And I'll remind everyone, we're broadcasting now live in the BHPH Success Group, YouTube, and on LinkedIn. So you can find yeah. us over there. Yeah. And I actually yesterday started the process of getting this show syndicated too. Oh, so, yeah. um, so that those of you that like listen to Spotify or iTunes or, yeah. you know, those kind of things that, that hopefully, um, within the next week we'll, you'll be able to find us there as well. Yeah. So when you're rolling down the road, the auction, mm -hmm. and, uh, you can listen to that, uh, yeah. the audio broadcast and catch up on the morning show. Cause yeah. again, we'll be talking about all the stuff buy here, pay here. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, it'll be right in your wheelhouse. If you're a buy yeah. here, pay here dealer, this is your stuff. So, um, just, you know, Jim, a lot of you that have been, uh, aware of, of him in different Facebook groups <clears throat> is that he loves to throw polls out there. And, um, you know, one of the reason why he loves to throw polls out there is because, um, you know, obviously on the things that, that we're polling, obviously Jim has an opinion already about the things, um, or, you know, it's like, well, this is what I think it probably is, but he wants to go out there and find out from you dealers, what is it that you are thinking just, you know, kind of make sure that, that first off, uh, well, that we we really do have the finger 
on the pulse of the dealer. And, um, you know, and both of us are completely open to the idea of, well, okay, that's cool. Let's shift and, and, and tackle it this way. But uh, one of the comments we got on this, the poll that we did last week was that was a loaded question. And, and uh, mark my words, there will be a lot of polls out there that seem like they're loaded questions, but it opens us up to a wide variety, a wide range of topics to talk yeah. about. Yeah, I try to be as uh, precise in the phrasing of the question as I possibly can be so that people kind of know where to land on their answer. But yeah, that so uh, maybe I should just read the actual, um, unless you have it there, we'll just read the actual um language in that particular post mm -hmm. uh give me a minute i'll find it and we'll just oh, while you're doing that i just wanted to shout out to uh greg king in new york oh, hey, greg. In, uh, north carolina closed today yep. um bill is with us again we love when bill um pops in love Welcome, getting bill. some of his uh but it doesn't say whether or not you're closed today bill <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so I'd Jasper, Alabama. Welcome, Adolph. And <laughs> yeah, then, um, yeah, yeah, so Greg King, we met uh, Greg briefly um, in person at the BHPH United Conference. So glad you're here, yeah, Greg. Absolutely. And um, so let me read the <clears throat> the poll was phrased this way: Based on your direct experience, who will have the most success collecting from poor credit BHPH consumers? For this question, my definition of success is having the most customers reach maturity, final payment. So in other words, if that would probably be the ultimate measure of success for me. In fact, just kind of a funny side story on that. I used to, you know, sometimes you'd have a manager who worked with a customer, you know, they were, they were in charge of collections or maybe it's even a collection supervisor. And so we've got a customer who is looking to trade in and, you know, the manager, the collection manager is, is rendering their opinion on whether we should finance the customer again. And so they're going through all this stuff and, and, you know, all the frustrations and challenges that this customer has been kind of a high maintenance customer, as I call them. And uh, <laughs> they might get in. So the, then the question is, you know, what, what's their payoff, you know, and they're like $800 and, and, you know, I'm hearing a lot of frustration, but mostly what I'm hearing is the customers darn near paid off the account. Yeah. So we have to recognize that as, you know, success. Now, if that customer obviously makes it to the end, I, I hope, and this also kind of ties back into what we're talking about on the white hat way. I hope that's our objective as dealers is to get the customer to pay all the way to the end or get paid down enough that we can trade them into something, mm -hmm. you know, different and keep them in our portfolio and keep them mm -hmm. as customers and, and meet their needs again and again and again. So that's kind of what I think about when I think about collection success, there's all these metrics we can look at and what's the real, you know, what's our repo rate and what's mm -hmm. our collateral recovery rate. I like, I like where efficiency. you went with it. It's like how many people are getting to their last to the payment. End. Yeah. Isn't that really payment. what we're doing? Because if customer, if they pay a little early, pay a little late, you know, we have to work through some stuff. And I mean, I think that's kind of to be expected. Most of us would put, and we asked that question at the dealer panel at NABD of our, of our dealers, uh, you know, what percentage of your customers fall into that high maintenance category? My experience is it's usually in that 20 to 30% range, you know, of customers who, who require a lot of handholding. You just kind of got to remind them their payments due yeah. and you got to help them through every little thing. Yeah. And, so and that's, there, there's a difference there. I wanted uh, to, to point out that there's a difference between high maintenance and problem customers Yeah. or like, you know, the ones that you, we should not ever have Yeah. put them in a car because there's going to be, a, yeah, there's and, be a, and those people don't typically end their contract yes. with the last payment. Some of you would have different names for them. I, <laughs> uh, I call them troublemakers. They're just the customers that are out to take advantage of anyone and everyone. And so they kind of lie their way into a, 
a contract with us and we can tell right away that they're a problem. And, and so we obviously undo those deals typically as quickly as we can, you know, or give them an opportunity to straighten up and fly right. And if they don't, then, uh, <laughs> then they're, they're expected to, you know, yeah. then, then it's going to end badly, but that's not the customer I'm talking about. That's a pretty small sliver. I'd put yeah. that typically in the, you know, single digit range, mm-hmm. but then this customer is a high maintenance customer. They require more attention. So, it kind of goes to the heart of this question about who can better support that customer. Mm -hmm. Because if we're really talking about, let's just pick 20%. If 20% of our customer base is high maintenance, how does that, how does that customer fare in a third party situation where they're making their payment to some, some, you know, remote servicer who's collecting from some call center somewhere, you know, how does that work? Um, you know, we're not going to have data on that. So we, this is why the polls become important to us because we just have to survey what dealers experience has been. There's nobody who can really, you know, give us any real measurements on that. So the measurement I would choose is how many customers make it to the end of the note. And so the results that came back on this poll were, you oh, know, we're finally going to get around to results. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We had a lot of people that uh, chimed in from a lot of different, I mean, I, we, we posted that survey in a couple of different places and, right. and um, so this is what we're going to share with you as close to aggregate as we possibly can on, on how, how those polls are actually, are we? Yeah, okay. no, I got it. Yeah. I've got the numbers here on the, um, the, that poll I just mentioned. So in the BHPH success group, I don't think I've got this particular group over in the BHPH boardroom. Um, shout out to Amanda and Hugo Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Over Hugo's there. Um, listening. I, oh, I nice. didn't do it. He's and, in the office. He's not. He's not in the office today. Okay. Good, good thing, Hugo. But Hanging still out working. With Hugo Jr. So, so the way to get out of having to work when you're not in the office today is get rid of your home office. <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> just tips right. of the day. <laughs> yeah. So I think this this other poll that we threw out there, I think I did put in the boardroom group. But for this one, we've got the BHPH success group, which, you know, I guess you can say it's not surprising. We're polling primarily dealers. There are, mm-hmm. of course, vendors in uh, in that group as well. But um, out of we had one person that wrote in that uh, I'm sorry, two people uh, said that uh, they can be equal. Um, so while I think that, you know, certainly we've been true, it looks like more dealers say that. Um, so total of 44 respondents, it looks like on the success group, on the success mm-hmm. group and 40 of the 44 said they answered the one that was phrased this way, BHPH dealers or dealer owned finance companies, because they live in the community and can better have routine and even in-person dialogue. So, you know, when we think about, and when I think about collections and buy here, pay here, it's not just about the payment. It's also about supporting the car and the collateral. So, you know, some mm-hmm. of the folks we've met with on this subject, I mean, these large finance companies or capital providers, they, they asked me to differentiate between collections and servicing, which I, I, I understand what they're saying. So there's, there's collecting the payments and then there's servicing and supporting the customer, mm-hmm. which those don't always turn out to be the same thing. And we really have, we really don't have a lot of, um, experience to draw on about how that looks. Right. Um, you know, we, we know that it's out there. We know that there are some dealers out there that do that, but we really don't have a lot of insight into really how we, we, we can, we can take it for face value for what the mm-hmm. providers say, but how that looks for a dealer. Sure. And keep in mind that I came up through the ranks, you know, as a manager initially, and in my own dealership, we were strictly as is. There was no warranty, no reinsurance products behind what we did. And so it was a low ACV car. But um, the, the 
premise of what I'm going to suggest still applies regardless of whether there's a reinsurance product in place or whatever. It's sort of like I treat everything that happens after the point of delivery as being an account matter. Okay. So let me say that again. Everything after delivery is mm-hmm. a matter of the account. It's not a matter for the sales department. So, you know, some of us are small and those are all kind of same people, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, as you grow and you have separate sales, underwriting, collection department, then it's easier to understand how you might say sales department's out of the picture after delivery, there's a warranty matter and maybe mm-hmm. you have a warranty claims thing. So, you know, there's also, by the way, Michelle, one su- subject we want to take on, I'm not going to Uh, touch on it today but that's why this customer advocacy Mm. conversation has come up and we started to recommend that but let's let's save that for another time but basically what i'm saying is the the idea of having um anything after delivery being a matter for the account department you know and, and so if you think about account managers really all those things in support of the collateral are also part of collections in my way of thinking. Mm -hmm. So again, you can see why people would ask you to differentiate. Well, there's collections, there's collecting car payments, but I feel like in buy here, payers, it can be challenging to separate those things because we've all had that customer who says, I'm not going to make my payment when my car's not running, right? So that's a real obvious one. There are others that are related to the collateral um, that, you know, if there's there's some other matter, you know, even just simple maintenance or whatever, it can affect the um, the account. Maybe the customer had to put in repairs, had to cough up a deductible, even if there's mm-hmm. a warranty, they had to cough up a, a deductible. So now they're short on their regular car payment. We shouldn't be surprised about that. You got a $150 deductible. Most of our customers can't manage an extra $150 unexpectedly on a given paycheck. Mm-hmm. And so why would we be surprised that that ties back to our accounts and collections? So. I guess my point is, I I think what this poll affirms for me is that most of us that are dealers who are servicing our own paper have the ability to manage and massage those kind of situations in whatever way makes sense for us and for the customer. Whereas if we're just a third party collection department, then we're responsible for the payments. We're not responsible for the warranty and the other matters related to the collateral. We just got to get that payment in, get that payment in. And so that's our, our approach to the customer. So it's not surprising to me, but I think that where this also kind of uh, circles back to is <clears throat> if you missed it, I would urge you. And and this is one of the broadcasts, by the way, that I, I did from Oklahoma where the internet was poor. And so, <laughs> the, but I did a whole session by myself on transparency. And and I really talked about that. We've kind of made that a subject around uh, the morning show already, but I'm really looking for all of these providers to be transparent about their rate of collections. And we'll, and I'm going to get very specific about that. We've already started to have those conversations with people. And on behalf of dealers, I'm going to draw up an email that asks very specific questions and I'm going to send it to all of them, all of the providers. And I'll make sure we'll come back to the morning show and we'll let you know exactly how that email is phrased because I'm starting through the process because it's an, it's my belief that if I'm a buy here, payer dealer, especially a new buy here, payer dealer, which we work with a lot, if I'm new and I've got to make a decision for my own business planning, do I keep this paper in house? You know, obviously the dealer has to be able to afford to do that, but there's some some question about, do I keep this paper in house and enjoy the, Mm -hmm. all the income from that? Or do I engage some third party servicer? Or even there can be obviously some of these capital providers that some of their programs require that they service. 
And while that's understandable because they're in the risk business and they want to protect their investment, it's also understandable to me that we sh- that we should expect those lenders to provide us what their collection rate is, what their success rate is in collecting payments. So that that's that's a role that I'm prepared to fill to try to frame that question as precisely as I possibly can, because any dealer in this situation has a has a difficult business decision to yeah. make. Do I send my paper elsewhere? Because, you know, we're working with a dealer now who really just doesn't love the idea of creating a, a servicing department at, at, and doing his own collection. So, you know, that may make sense to send it elsewhere, but you need to know how, what, what the success rate looks like, because you got to do cash flow modeling. Mm-hmm. Who's going to get in business who can't really forecast <laughs> yeah. their revenues and, and charge off rates and these kind of things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's something that I think is a, is a, as a minimum that we need to be looking for. And this is where I think dealers can help. Uh, Michelle and myself, as we go out there and stick our necks out a little bit, because we're we're going to be pressing pretty hard with some vendors, and I have long relationships with this folk, these folks, and we expect to get, you know, uh, answers out of them. But it's also understandable. We expect that, to have good relationships in the future as exactly. well. So, um, <clears throat> but, yeah. But we're we're trying to be clearly in the camp of dealers, and that just means we're we're going to go to bat for dealers mm-hmm. and ask the tough questions of the vendors about some of these things that you know on the surface are are obvious. Like yeah. we should have that information so we can make a good business decision. And I know um, we had a conversation with, with one of the capital providers last week and, and like really, really um, this, they're willing. And it's, and so basically what the question was is of us is like, give us the exact data points that you want, and then we'll see what we can do to come up with the, yeah. the things. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, when you put together this email, Jim, that is going to go out to the the capital providers that are that are capital slash collectors mm-hmm. sure. um, that, uh, you know, we make sure that all of those same data points are in there. And what I'd love to be able to do is that email that was about ready to be sent out that we post it right. um, to let all the dealers know, you know, this is what we're going to be asking. And then in the comments, um, have have dealers just shout out whoever because we may not be aware of all of the True. people that are out there that offer capital and collecting right and that they just just list whatever um whatever ones you know not with your opinion about them right but just like these are the people and then we'll just get stuff sent out all across the you know the sure. the spectrum of people that you guys know that that are uh, um capital slash collecting yeah. And so I think this affects all of us mm-hmm. to a degree based on the direction that the industry is going. You know, there there are some big capital players in the market who are prepared to provide, you know, big dollars to mm-hmm. dealers. And, you know, that's great. They also require that they service the paper, which means uh, if we're going to be in partnership with them, then we need to understand kind of what we can anticipate in terms of, you know, performance. And and I understand, look, I, I work with numbers, like I'm a numbers guy. And so I understand that the, the lender in that situation needs to have a clearly framed question about what we're looking for. And, you know, I'm going to ask for it. I will see how much I get it, but I'm going to ask for not just the number, but the actual data behind mm-hmm. the number so I can see all the raw stuff so that I can come back to, you know, our dealers with confidence and share, you know, what we're looking at, because I'll give you an example. Uh, just, this is how specific I want to be. It's like, um, what's a, what's a charge off rate? Like we can look at static pools. If there's enough data history, you know, if you have a full three, four or five years worth of data, then you can start to look at static pools. I tend to not lean on those until they're, they're all the way to maturity. Um, 
but you can certainly do rolling 12s and rolling 24s where you project from the numbers that you have based on your recent performance. So as an example, you could take, well, I'm going to start to lose my voice. <laughs> we actually had a conversation about that today where uh, we're like, so Jim asks me this morning, he's like, so what happens if like I'm sick or you're sick or we're both sick? What do we do? And, and we, um, we thought we just need to like make a short list of people that we can call and say, are you interested? Are you interested? Are you interested? And having people kind of uh, cued or aware that we may call them and say, Hey, would you do the morning show this morning? for us but um uh, yeah no that's fine i think um I'll, we'll try to um get back on subject here and wrap <laughs> it up in case my voice leaves uh, me yeah again. i have a couple of things i wanted to add to that okay. um before we go to and, and we're we're getting close yeah so just a quick thought on the, how to ask that question specifically like for example with our clients i can say i can look at the last 12 months of history of portfolio performance and i look if i look on a given month the opening principal balance in the portfolio, active opening principal balance. Then I can go back and look at what is the gross charge off principal against that opening balance. And maybe that comes out to 2.1%. And then I can roll that for 12 months and I can look at one dealer's average is this 2.17%. And then I can take all the dealers um, combined and I can say the group average is 1.95%. So I'm prepared to get very specific about the results that we see from our dealers who service their own paper. And I'm just going to be asking the lenders to give us the same so that a dealer can make that decision. And and we'll take a look at like our data that we have in aggregate with all the dealers that we work with. And, and we're asked also asking um, the the capital slash collecting providers to, to give us something in aggregate because we understand that, that not every dealer underwrites their paper the same way. Yeah. Um, and so that certain underwriting, um, so that it may still be within their bumpers of a deal that they will take, but some will collect better than others because of how they were underwriting. So we're looking more on the aggregate. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say, um, though, you know, when, when you were mentioned that, um, the, if, if this is your, your large percentage of your, your pool in your portfolio are like 80% are, you don't have to worry about them. They're going to make their payment They're you know, it, and it's kind of like sixes in a way, as I far as think it's 80%, but go ahead. I hear well, you. <laughs> well, you were saying it was like <laughs> yeah. 20% or high maintenance. Oh, yeah, yeah, like I 20. So I, you know, I'm saying like about 80, whatever. So that 20% though, um, me coming from <laughs> just my own background of like, what a great opportunity with those people that a lot of dealers consider to be like problems mm-hmm. to help, yeah. to teach, sure. to um, encourage, to, to see through service to these dealers, um, to see how they can improve their relationship with their creditors, with you mm-hmm. and those kind of things. And there's a lot of ideas and a lot of things that, that we see that work that we're going to be offering suggestions for, you know, for things like just, just, just in like connecting with your customer base and just that connecting side of it can make your collections easier. Yeah. So a sneak peek on what we'll be talking about with the white hat way. And the reason this even became important for me and, and Michelle is that in the work that we do in working with new dealers, it often happens that what happens, you know, many times when they're starting, they're going to ask a question of us like where should i set my interest rate 
you know, or where, uh-huh. how should I mark up my cars? <laughs> and so the, when I, when they ask those questions, I first have to come back to them and say, well, you have to kind of help me understand how do you, this is your business. That's mm-hmm. your name on the sign. Yeah. How do you want to be known in your community? So this is where principles and ethics and all these kind of things, they, they, we can't ignore that component in our business, especially when we're talking about a sustainable business mm-hmm. that we want to be, we want to be in business for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the approach, then that's going to affect my answer to you is how do we want our customers to think about us? And, and, and all, by the way, how do we want the CFPB to think about us? Well, and, and there, <laughs> there really is no judgment in like, how do you want to be seen by your, by your customer? Cause we can, we can offer you, you know, options, suggestions or whatever, but like, we're going to say the first thing that's going to, that's going to come out of our mouths when it's, you know, we, we teach fundamentals, but when it comes to implementing fundamentals and implementing in situations, the first things that that are going to come out of our mouth is the question of, well, how do you want to be known in your community? Right. How do you want, and, and obviously, I mean, heck, if you've got the ability to do max rate and you want to do max rate, then do max rate. Yeah. Um, it just, uh, there's, there's a lot of that. Those kinds of decisions are about, do you know, mm-hmm. have you asked yourself the question and defined the answer of how you want to be known in your community? Well, and folks that are in these, um, uh, Facebook groups, you can see as you watch the dialogue that there are, there are dealers in there who are really just concerned about bottom line and, and mm-hmm. ROI and, and, you know, and their, their own kind of pocketbook. And look, we're all in business. It's not that I'm not saying we don't need to make a good living and we're mm-hmm. certainly, we're in a risk business. So we need to make a good living to justify the mm-hmm. risk that we take. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm simply saying that for me to answer for a dealer, there's kind of a couple ways to think about this. You know, you can either think about long-term and think about your community and being a friend to your customers and, and, you know, and being a good neighbor in your community, or you can think about being just, you know, a sign, a place to get a car and you're going to pay maximum interest rate. And we mm-hmm. don't, we were concerned more about us than the customer. So all this stuff ties together for me. So it's like, we're, you know, I, when I talk about this, I think I hear, I hear dealers, oh, Jim's such a bleeding heart. Well, <laughs> Jim's interested in long-term success. You And you also don't hear the other side. Yeah. You know, Jim's got a big heart, but when you listen to the entire conversation that he's, he's suggesting you have, it's pretty, all right, here's the rules. Sure. And we're going to, we're going to, enforce the rules. Sure. I mean, you know, everyone needs to enforce their rules or they shouldn't have rules. Right. Um, but how can we work with you if we know that you're having a problem following the rules yeah. so that we can get you back on track and that we can still be honoring the rules? Right. So, yeah. So I think if, if you're, if you're the kind of college student who would enroll in business class, but skip the business ethics class, then probably the Wednesday episode is not going to be free. <laughs> well, the typical Wednesday episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, um, yeah, great opportunity though, with, with those customers that you're collecting that are considered high maintenance. I've um, got this other poll to cover. How are we on time? Okay. Well, let's pull, let's cover the other poll. And then I just wanted to give a teaser for what we're going to be talking about on Wednesday. Of course. Yeah. Just let me, um, we'll go through this other one quickly from last week's poll, which uh, read this way, excluding time spent working on your business, Mm -hmm. which, you know, parenthetically would mean business planning and forecasting and, and kind of, you know, stepping away from your 
management job at the dealership and, and working on your business. Then it says about how many hours a week do you spend working in, in your, your business, business, buying, managing, decision-making, et cetera. Um, so the results on that one came in that, let's see, I did a graph actually on this one. Let me find that. I sent then later a pie chart that kind of showed the results. So let me get yeah, that where I can see that it. on the, the group. Yeah. As a well. couple of days later. So you'll find that in the BHP success group for sure. And, um, and the results came in like this, they were 82%. So, um, 63 out of the 77 said, um, definitely working 40 hours plus. So you can stop right there. If, if 82% of the respondents, so they're definitely working 40 plus in their business, not on their Correct. business, in yeah. their business. It doesn't mean they don't do both, but what we're asking is they're, they're saying they're giving more than 40 hours to be in the business doing the buying other and yeah. the underwriting or the, the yeah. selling or the, all the day-to-day -day operational pieces of the business. And we don't have time to dig into all that today, but I think the question for Michelle, I, you know, it just begs the question, do, if we're there because we want to be there, that's wonderful. If we're, um, if we're having trouble figuring out how to transition to a place where we could hire the people, cause we don't have systems and we don't have a way to mm -hmm. be absent from our business and have it still perform well. We don't, we don't want to give up the salary that we're taking out of the business, whatever mm -hmm. that looks like. There can be lots of reasons, but if there's a desire to step out, um, and maybe that's a separate poll, but mm -hmm. if like, you know, if, um, we just need to find out if there's a desire to be out of the business, then, then we need to talk about how to go about doing that because yeah. we don't we don't want to see anybody you know tethered to their yeah. business and kind. you know we understand that everyone's situation is unique and um so like it, you know we're we're always available to have a chat if someone wants to kind of yeah. just get some feedback sure. or whatever um uh and that doesn't mean engaging that you know uh, right. in some kind of a contract but we you know we we frequently will uh answer some some questions and um and then, you know, if, if it's something that they need some help implementing on, sure. then, then we can help them with that. But um, I wanted to tease what we're going to be talking about on Wednesday. And um, those of you that went to the um, Buy Here, Pay Here United that we spoke at um, a couple months back, uh, one of the questions uh, from one of the dealers that was in the audience is, you know, in the day of automatic withdrawals for payments and all of this, how do we keep people engaged. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we, then that's, that's like, that's a really, really, really important piece to buy here, pay here is to keep them engaged so that they know that they can come to you with the problem. They know that they can talk to you about the things that, that instead of people just, um, you know, dumping a car off and go buying another car, it's like, oh, we could have helped you with or all of those things mm -hmm. you know, the, the a buy here, pay here dealer is out there to help make sure that they're their customers are successful. So um, we were we were talking about this yesterday, and um, and so Wednesday, um, I've that I brainstormed this. So I thought it was pretty dang genius, and you can let me know when <laughs> when we uh, talk on Wednesday. Um, some suggestions about keeping customers engaged at uh, and 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 locking in their engagement at the beginning of right. your engagement. And so, um, so, yeah, some, I, I, yeah. Michelle's I got great ideas around this. I'll throw a poll out there yeah. and you can decide if her idea is genius, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please be kind. Yeah. So no, I think, um, we, we can definitely, um, 
I have a lot of experience with that as a dealer and managing dealerships and successfully doing all kinds of engagement and rewards programs and that sort of thing. So we can offer some ideas that way. But it really kind of ties back into the things we talked about this morning. If if 70%, 80% of your customers are really no problem and they're paying you by ACH or a call-in debit card and you don't you don't have and then take the, take it even more extreme. Now you're sending all your contracts or some of your contracts to a third party. How are you going to maintain a relationship with that customer. Will How do you buy get them to you? come back yeah. and buy again? Yeah. You know, What's that going to look like? Yeah, do they, do they exactly. know you? Do they feel like you just exactly. sold them a car and, and you were out of their life? So exactly. it's a little bit like um, that. All those things are part of how we, if we think long-term. So again, this is where, and, and I think this is more true if you're in a, if you're in a large market, you know, a big metropolitan city and you got lots of customers to sell to and lots of competition, then, perhaps your, your approach would be different. I would probably be able to make the case that you still could benefit a lot from engagement, you know, no matter what size city you live in. But I think the things we're going to talk about become even more true when we're in a medium and small market, then having those customers do business with us again and again and again over the life of our business mm -hmm. is really important. You know, referrals are obviously very important to us. And so that's going to be critical for all of us is to figure out, and, and especially as we go more and more to a digital age, heck now, you know, I can apply and get pre-approved and, and mm -hmm. show up and take delivery and, and never really even meet anybody on the sales side. Mm -hmm. So now what's that going to look like going forward? I make my payment through a kiosk or online payment portal, whatever. How am I going to, how would I choose where to do business again? And, and mm -hmm. it's a changing world. We get it. Sometimes when I talk about these things, I think, we're, we're out there teaching fundamentals and we're talking customer service, customer engagement. And I can look back at that. When we had the conversation yesterday, Michelle, I didn't share with you that I look at the things that have happened in our lifetimes. Like mm -hmm. we've watched gas stations go from back, you know, when I was a very young person, they had full service. And oh yeah, you never pumped your own gas. Yeah. I remember so there, the when there was full service and self-service. Mm -hmm. And now you pretty much everything's self-service. Well, you know, we adjusted. <laughs> You know, customers adjusted to yeah. it, sellers adjusted to it, um, and now, you know, pay at the pump and the whole thing. You don't have any real interaction with the people in the community. People don't know what to do if someone comes out and offers to pump their gas. It's like, <gasps> or, I'm, I feel violated yeah. somehow that you're about ready to put gas in my yeah. car. I remember, I, I think it was Oregon. Um, I don't know if they still do, but there was a law in Oregon for the longest time that the they had to have someone pump the gas for oh, wow. you. Yeah. So it was a weird thing. Every time I'd go through Oregon, it was like, that's, why are you coming out to my thing? Yeah. That's and, probably yeah. more of an environmental thing than a customer yeah. thing. But yeah, it's like, um, I think the, the, the thing we're trying to prove is that, you know, it still matters to keep mm -hmm. your customer engaged. And while we recognize it's a shifting world and we're all going to have to adapt to, you know, uh, that whole thing, we, we, we do believe at this point that it makes sense to, Spend the necessary time and a few dollars to engage your customer and uh, make sure that they want to do business with you again and again. And there, and those, some of these suggestions that we're going to talk about, those are things that are worth spending a few minutes because enacting those suggestions are working on your business. Yeah. And it's things that can really help um, help with help your business by working on your business. So uh, wrap up. I got to throw in well, there. Uh, we we have to hammer out the details, but we've been invited to uh, bring our traveling oh, yeah. road show to NIADA, and so, also yeah, we we're will, gonna be, we'll we're be broadcasting, broadcasting live. live. And some even if we're out in the parking lot, we'll be broadcasting <laughs> live from TIADA in uh, Round Rock, Texas. Just so yeah, NIADA, we will we will be there now, um, broadcasting live and um, TAIDA as well. And like Jim said, either at, at that, um, 
just we're we're hoping we can get all of the uh, the logistics stuff figured out, and and we've you know a lot of really good feedback from the folks that are putting those things together to like what do you need? Yep. So we're hope that everything everything comes together we're, so we can do we're that. We're out there, from there asking the questions on behalf of dealers. Mm -hmm. What we would ask you to do this mm -hmm. is one simple thing you can do to help. Mm -hmm. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, and then um, also we we. We're a little nebulous about whether or not when we go to NIADA that we're going to be live live because that's at 6 a.m. Um, oh, that's Vegas. It's in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we'll we'll have to see how that how that. It should be fine. It'll yeah. feel like 9 a.m. I don't does. like early mornings. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. May I, it's, we'll doesn't. use Jeremy's uh, um, suggestion from. Friday. I'll use yeah. toothpicks. There you go. And yeah. keep me and keep them up and awake. So yeah. we've taken an awful lot of your time. Sorry. Um, we're about 10 minutes over what we normally do. Is there anything you wanted to say before we No, close? I think that's it. We uh, we appreciate folks joining mm -hmm. in and by all means throw your comments on there and share. When you find these videos, you'll find them archived on mm -hmm. YouTube and they should live for a short yeah. time in the uh, Facebook group as well. But uh share them with somebody who Absolutely. needs to hear this information. Like and subscribe on YouTube and remember that on Wednesdays it will be White Hat Wednesdays where we're gonna be going into um, how to uh, suggestions on how to engage and how to it, the ethical practices of of being in buy here pay here so those if that's something that really interests you then bookmark that put it on your calendar 9 a.m right. eastern time on wednesdays we're going to be doing that thanks so for tuning in folks have a fantastic holiday um and uh, and yeah enjoy the rest of your day and and back to the grind tomorrow